As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons podcast, where today I watched Hi Hi Puffy Amiyumi with my friend Daniel James Richardson. Daniel uses he, him pronouns. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. I think me and you are the same age, right? I'm 26. You're 20, 27, right? Just turned 28. But yes, I am okay, 27. You, <laughs> you really had to think about that for a second. I could see your mind racing. <laughs> What's the I did. Math? I did. Because because uh, I, I'm so bad for it anyway. Like, I never know what my age is. And um, my little sister messaged us at, like, midnight when it hit me birthday. Because uh, it was his birthday last week. And mm, happy birthday. She messages. Thank you. Uh, and she messages... It just said happy birthday, and I was like, "Is it?" Like, I like, didn't even know. Like, time is an abstract concept now. Like, it just doesn't mean anything. She was, and then she went, "Oh, I can't believe you don't know when your birthday is." And I was like, and then I just checked, and I was like, "Oh yeah, shit, you're right." And uh, then she said, it's "Like, how old are you even now?" Like, I don't actually think I know. And I was like, "25 <laughs> uh, sounds right, but I feel like that's wow. too young because I wasn't 24 last last year." I was like, 26 is older than 25, so maybe I'm 26 if 25 sounds right, but 26 doesn't sound right. So I was like, I'm either 27 or 28. And she was like, how do you not know? And I just like, <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's just like not a, a, a concern in my mind for most parts. And then I just right. forget about it. And I mean, I'm sure that schedules were very different because you grew up in the UK. I grew up in, in America. 
but what what were your favorite shows on Cartoon Network or of that era, just in animation, like when you were a kid? Uh, Ed and Nettie was the absolute peak, and early SpongeBob on over on Nick was just the best. I loved all of the Toonami stuff, even though I didn't have it myself. Uh, so that was always like watching at a friend's house because we never had like a Sky Dish growing up, and that was like one of the premium like extra channels that you had to pay the set for the satellite for. Wait, Toonami was a premium channel. Yeah, yeah. Weird, because it, it was on Cartoon Network here. It just like simulcast or whatever that was called. Oh, no, it was it was it was its own channel in the UK. Interesting. Wait, so was it like twenty four hour anime on that channel then, or was it just at nighttime? It had its own schedule. It had like it didn't. It's it was twenty four hours, but it wasn't all anime. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was all the put all the action stuff. Like the closest thing I could equate it to now is you know how Disney have the Disney Channel, but then they have Disney XD. Right. Yeah, Toonami for us wasn't a slot, a time slot on Cartoon Network. It was the Disney XD of Cartoon Network. So like Cartoon Network would have adverts and be like, coming up next is this, but also over on Toonami is this. And it would be like the more boyish action kind of like peeling like the 13-year-old market. Right. I used to love all that stuff. Yeah, because for us here in the US, like it was always, it was like at night, I think on weeknights, you would get Tainami, and then during the middle of the day, you would always have um, American cartoons and things like that. Or even, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what it was when I was like home from school sick and I turned on the TV and what was on Cartoon Network. When I was a kid, I watched a lot of Boomerang. I don't know if you guys got that in the UK. Yeah, Boomerang was great. It all, all the old stuff, like the Looney Tunes and that. Boomerang was great. I did check it out like when I was in college. My, my roommate had cable, and so I would like turn on Boomerang sometimes. And it was a lot less like playing old school Hanna-Barbera and Looney Tunes cartoons and more like replaying shows that just got canceled off Cartoon Network a year ago. <laughs> All right. Yeah, for, for us, it was exclusively um, old cartoons like, you know, Sylvester and Tweety and Bugs Bunny and stuff like that. And uh, Hong Kong Fooey, mm-hmm. uh, Scooby-Doo. Also, had my mind blown the other day, I have been saying Looney Tunes wrong all my life. It's I thought it was Looney Tunes. It's not. It's Looney Tunes, like T-U-N-E-S. See, here's the thing is that I would not say tunes and tunes differently. If I'm talking about like cartoons, tunes, and if I'm talking about like the tune in a song, I would still say tune. I think it's like because the if people in the UK, at least obviously in my area with my regional dialect, it's like two distinct words. It's tunes and tunes, like almost with a C-H. So I've obviously when I'm hearing um, like Americans saying like up next is Looney Tunes. Yeah. I'm like made in, in my head that it's T-O-O-N-S and it's not. It's T-U-N-E-S. Wait, wait. So so you guys would say Looney Tunes. Yeah. That's that's how we would say it if we were saying it correctly. Everybody here still calls it Looney Tunes <laughs> because everybody's wrong. But if the, if we were reading it, like if it was text in front of us, we'd say Looney right. Tunes. That's so funny because because I feel like that like ruins like the pun of the thing where it's like the pun is that they're cartoons and they sing songs so it's tunes to you any. See, I didn't e- I didn't even get that because I just thought it was called because they're different words tunes, in the UK. As in That's so funny. Cartoons, yeah. That's so funny. But yeah, like like um like it's a very famous sort of Geordie thing. Like if a song comes on in a club mm-hmm. and it's like you know it's a bit of a banger, you shout tune as with like that ch because it's it's a tune, you know. Um, so it's like a very like differently pronounced word. I never realized that everybody from your area is a, a fucking nerd. 
No American would ever say tune in a casual conversation. <laughs> like, like a song that I love and be like, man, this is a good tune. Uh, well, over here, it's, it's seen as like a proper, like, you know, like rough thing. It's like, it's like, it's like, you, it's like you, you're letting your like work in class go like, oh, pure tune, like, you know. <laughs> That's a badass thing to say, I guess. <laughs> so funny. Just like the cultural differences are, are very good. Okay, so I'll keep that in mind. If I ever come to the UK and I need to talk about the difference between cartoons and cartoons, like the song that you play in your automobile. Exactly, I'll know, cartoons. I'll know how yeah. to say it. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's it's blown my mind. I literally found it out last week as well, and it was like one of those, you know, like a Mandela effect moment where you're just like, "What?" Right. Also, um, okay, here's one for you. This one blew my mind as well. Okay. Uh, so, Fred, Wilma, and Pebbles. You know the show I'm talking about, right? Yep, the Flintstones. How 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 have you? Right, I need. To, I don't know how. You, I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting. I'm, I'll, I'll I'm getting excited again. now. I'll say it again. Flintstones. Say it slowly. Flintstones. Flynn Stones. I don't say the T. There is a T. There is There's a T. A it's it's Flint Stones, and I've just like what? I have I've never known this like all my life. Like I've just been caught. I can I, well it, it, even now that it's been pointed out, it was the logo looks weird. Right. The song sounds strange. Well, well, I mean, the thing is that it's it's Flint. Like, it's supposed to be like a joke of like Flint. Yeah, you like know, Flint but, rock. But yeah. the thing is that like whenever the announcer on the on the TV would say like coming up next, he wouldn't say like coming up next, the Flintstones. He would say like coming up next, the Flintstones. You know, like it, it flows together. And I feel like I feel like the song didn't go Flint Stones, meet mm-hmm. the Flint Stones. But I've listened to it back again, and and now that I know it's there, <laughs> you can it hear is it kind of there. Well, like, well, ah. Here's the thing, though. It's not for for me. It's not a Mandela effect thing because I always knew that it was the Flint Stones, but I never pronounced it that way because I'm I'm from Washington and we just blur all of our words yeah, together anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's taken a lot of work for me to get to the point where I can enunciate words clearly on mic anyway. And yeah. Flintstones has missed the mark for me and will not be um, <laughs> amended in my common nomenclature. So yeah, they're, they're the two because I found out about Looney Tunes and was mm-hmm. like, "What else am I? What else? They, I've just said it wrong again by my not language. I said Looney Tunes because I'm so used to calling it Looney Tunes <laughs> and not Looney Tunes because that sounds dumb and weird. And then I found out about Flintstones and I was like, "Ah, oh, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to cope with this information going forward." That's so funny. Um. Let's talk about Hi Hi Puffy Ami Yumi. This is your favorite show, right? You were really excited to talk about the show on the podcast because you're a huge, huge puff head, right? Oh, I'm such a puff head. I've literally got the um, characters tattooed like next to my heart because that's where they're closest to us, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Kaz is there too. Like Kaz, their shitty manager. Really, he's <laughs> right on the nipple. It's incredibly... You, you oh, yeah. Like yeah. his mouth is your nipple. It's a very... Um, yeah, it's a piece yeah, of art, it's honestly. It's super detailed. God, this show... Is is really fucking fun. It's very good. Um, my association with Puffy Yumi the band was that I knew that they did the Teen Titans theme growing up, and I loved that which theme is song a so banger. much. Yeah, it's fucking great, and the extended version's great too, which I had never heard. And I looked up on YouTube today, and I was like, "Yeah, this is a fuck. This is a bob." Like early two thousands cartoon oh, themes were so great. good. Yeah, but but I actually I actually think that. I had Puffy Amiyumi might have the best. Probably goes underlooked because everybody's like, and I'm not just saying this as the as the big puffhead. Um, I actually genuinely think the uh, the the song that they open with is an absolute banger. I can't think of one of a cartoon that I like more. 
like the Ed Ed and Eddie theme's like a good jingle. Right. This is like a good song. Like I could bop to this on Spotify, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And I actually literally, while I was watching the show, I was like, is there, is there tabs for this on Ultimate Guitar? Could I like figure this out and like come in and do like the, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the riff of like doop, doo, doom, doop, doo, 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 doo. Like that was cool. Um, there is it's not so tabs on Ultimate Guitar. Hi, hi, Puffy, Ami, Yumi. Uh, probably an underrated show. Like, most of Cartoon Network's catalog is going to HBO Max right now, and there's just no, you know, stuff like this. And I think, like, Camp Laszlo and and two other shows that Cartoon Network has made just aren't going to be there. kind of seems like this one is pretty beloved by people, at least. Like, it's definitely a great show. It's it's weird because I, I feel like I remember it. Obviously, Cartoon Network in the UK is a bit different in its um, broadcasting schedule and uh, content to the US one. But I do actually remember this show. And I think it's a testament to it being good because I, I remember it. Um, and I do not remember a lot of shows besides the obvious classics from that period of time in Cartoon Network. And it's kind of strange to me because I feel like it has cult classic written all over it just because of it's like like the plots are very simple and it is just a bit of goofy fun but it's got like such a like bombastic um colorful pizzazz and punch to it that and the, the character designs alone like they are the kind of characters that i would expect to like spawn you know hashtags for fan art on twitter <laughs> it's like that they've got that energy Right, right. You could see like a rabid fan base of people in their mid to late 20s who watch the show as kids like shipping Ami and Yumi together and like saying that they're trans and things like that. Like I think that queer Twitter would really have a field day with these two. They have a beautiful friendship. Yeah, they really do. Actually, I was going to mention that on on one of my episodes. Uh, uh, Should we get into the episodes? Because I've got like an example of like the really nice friendship that I, I really like. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that real quick. Okay, so so that there was there was two episodes where um that I watched. Well, it's that one episode's like an anthology, but there's two plots. Yeah. Um it's an A B kind of show where like each episode has two eleven minute segments or like three if they're kind of shorter, you know. And I, I found that those kinds of shows sometimes are very hard to talk about on the podcast because there's not like a through line. Like you'll see an episode where like Kaz turns into a werewolf for nine minutes. And it's like, okay, yeah, that was pretty, pretty straightforward, enjoyable. Nothing really interesting or weird happened, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It succeeds solely on its its fun character designs and art style and all that. Like the backgrounds have got that real like Dexter's Lab touch to them with like the, the like sharp angles and stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's true. It does feel like the show really captures my mind today watching it in 2020 more so than it would have in the early 2000s because I did watch this show but I want it was sort of like in the same vein as like LT Grey and Totally Spies and other shows that like weren't my favorite but I would absolutely watch them if they were on but now but nowadays like craving that early 2000s Cartoon Network like Nickelodeon era vibe and animation style it's very fun to watch yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just fun to look at. It's really like an an enjoyable like treat for your eyes. It's it's just, it's got that like quirky cartoon energy in like the best possible way. But and and there's a little bit of substance to it, minus the fact that the plots are like very simplistic. So like the friendship's really good. Like I was saying, there's one episode where uh, Amy's keeps doing like strange circus behaviors. Like she's like like a bunch of plates uh, fall over, and so she starts like 
juggling them. And they're like, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. And then they, um, they find it, they find out a pair of shoes and she's like, and it's like big, massive clown shoes, which is just like the dumbest secret to hide. Like she's clearly a clown, but like, that's, that's like a weird thing. But yeah, and they find that she's got big, massive clown shoes and she just plays it off as like, oh, it's it's the latest fashion now. And then she's got like an elephant in her cupboard and they're like, what's with the elephant? And she's like, you know, she kind of, um, Aurora Borealis is it. She's like, there's no elephant in the cupboard, uh, right. you know, it's with Principal Skinner and that. And yeah, and eventually this this uh, all leads to that she's been moonlighting as a clown to have like a party for Yumi. <laughs> And it's like, that's a really random thing, but it's fun. Right. Well, well, and also the weird thing about that episode, because I think I watched the same ones as you and then and then a few extra ones. Like the show is definitely targeted at like a younger audience, like especially younger girls. Um, and a lot of the time the plots are sort of silly because of that. Like Yumi will decide because of all of these things. She's like, okay, Ami wants to go be a clown. So clearly she's done with the band. So we have to find somebody to replace her. Yeah, she's like, the band is clearly going to break up because Ami has an elephant in her closet. And you're like, all right, well, just like, I don't know, maybe go like talk to her about it and ask her why this is happening. I don't know, like maybe. Yeah, there's lots of little bits like that, like where you just roll with it. Like there's an episode I watched, if you caught the same one, uh, where they get kicked out of the um, tour van. Oh, yeah, Kaz, the landlord, evicts them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're not paying rent. And then they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll have to pay rent. And then they reach into their pockets and they have that whole thing where it's like, oh, there's like a paper clip and like two coins there and maybe like a candy bar. And they're like, how are we going to afford this? And it's like, Ari Tana Montana, you're like literal rock stars. Like, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. Like, why is that manager who's clearly making money off them kicking them out so that they can't go on tour? <laughs> right, and I guess that, that you probably didn't watch quite as many episodes as I did. There's a very consistent through plot of them being completely broke and having to get a job at the chocolate factory or having, having to get a job here, trying to get money or trying to win these scooters that they can't afford or something like that. But also literally everybody in the world recognizes them. Like they'll like go to a theme park and everybody there is like, Oh my God, it's Puffy Ami Yumi and, and cut them to the front of the line or whatever. But also they're completely broke. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Okay. It's just so funny. It's so strange because Ami and Yumi are real people. Yeah. They are Japanese musicians that that started a band in 1995, were signed by Sony Records and then like did a couple TV variety shows and then got an animated series based off of them where they do little like live action segments for 10 seconds at the beginning of every episode and then their characters are played by American actors the entire time. It is very strange as well because it's an American show. Right. And I assume it was shown in Japan, but it's American animated. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like Dragon Ball Z where Cartoon Network bought in Dragon Ball Z for the tsunami slot. Right, right, Cartoon right. Network commissioned this show and was like, hey, let's make a show about these two Japanese pop stars that are actually real it, people. It, it was shown in Japan, also played by different actresses. What? Not played by, so by the main two girls, who are just like clearly not actors. So like every time they show up on screen, they're like, we're having fun. Like they just like do like a little sketch for like 30 seconds and they're like, look at us. We're, we're happy. And that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah. But they, they just are very charming. Like their cartoon counterparts yes. are very charming. They, the human beings, are very fun to watch on screen. And you you just get like a very good vibe on their friendship. Like they they sing a song together. Where the song is called like Friends Forever, and it's very catchy. And the, when I was watching it, I was wondering. I was like, I hope they're still friends twenty years later. I hope that they've maintained a thirty year friendship or whatever. They are, um, according to Wikipedia, at least because I was reading about them a little bit before. Their last album was in two thousand eleven, but the band is still considered. You know, when it's got like the time frame of where they go. Right. It was like 1994, I think you said they started, to present. So they're still technically together, together, um, which is probably a good sign. They haven't like <laughs> brought the band apart. Yeah. And they did like the Teen Titans Go theme song, but I was trying to find more information on like, are they still touring? Not right now, currently in the middle of like a global yeah. pandemic, <laughs> but are they still touring generally in the last few years? I don't really think that it matters. Their cartoon counterparts will be together forever, and that's that's enough. <laughs> uh, what's what's uh, what's interesting as well? Um, so I watched the uh, "Hi Hi Puffy Amiyumi" music video for the song, like that is introduced in the show, right? And um, all of the it's like it's like one of those music videos that loads of bands do, like on like a smaller budget, where it's made up of like clips of the band touring. Um, but all of the clips are from like 
Europe. Like it's them like in Germany and all the German fans out there. But like they're, they're selling out of packed crowds and all that. And I'm like, when when was this a thing? Like I know they had the TV show over here, but I just assumed that was a byproduct of the Japanese fame. I was like, when what when were they like touring England and stuff? Like I didn't see this. When were they like absolute international superstars? Well, I mean, the thing is that they signed with Sony really, really early on. Like, I did a little bit of research into their career, and, like, immediately after high school, they signed with Sony Record Label, and that just, like, put them on the track to become, like, global superstars. So that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I, I've never listened to their music at it, as it is. Like, I've never listened to one of their albums or anything like that. I feel like I probably should, because I love the Team Titans theme. Mm-hmm. I love the um, opening to this show. But then also the show has lots of montage scenes set to their tracks and all of them were great. Like every single one of them was like every time it was like, a, hey, it's time for the Puffy Amiyumi montage and like they do something like like when they're doing the ninja training, it plays a Puffy Amiyumi song. When they're doing um, uh, making the taffy, it plays like a Puffy Amiyumi song. And I was like, this is sick. Every single song is an absolute banger. Like I've lo- I'm going to look for them on Spotify after this podcast. Right, um, it's it's very funny to look at it from the perspective of like this is a capitalistic enterprise where like they are a band owned by Sony, all of their songs are written by old men, and then they perform them, and then they they get a TV show where they appear for thirty seconds in every episode, and the characters are based off them, but they don't voice them or contribute to producing the show at all. Somebody else just handles it entirely, and they, the human beings, become an entity to push the corporate machine. Yeah, like uh, it's very um, Jackie Chan adventures. Yeah, that we had like <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like oh, we bought we bought Jackie Chan's name, uh-huh. designed a character that looks almost nothing like him, have him voiced <laughs> by someone else completely. But Jackie Chan will show up for ten seconds and tell you what his favorite book is at the end of the episode. Right, right. Like, yeah, and it's it's very clear that like they they got these two pop stars into the studio, like for a day and a half and they just shot a bunch of little interstitials where they were like play basketball for a little bit just have fun with it and make it fun and cute and they were like yeah we we know how to do that because we're entertainers but that's like the extent of it because i watched like the seven minute pilot for the show the voices were a lot more japanese they were also being done by american actresses (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah and it was very strange because the 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 actress playing Yumi sounded a lot like Grey Griffin or Grey Delisle, who plays Yumi in the show, but also like sometimes would just like turn her R's into L's a little bit or mm. L's into R's. And you're like, nah, don't say cool with an R at the end of it. That's not. N- no, don't do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was it was a probably a wise decision. To be fair, I actually think uh, the voice actors that are in uh, the main show of Puffy Yami Yumi do a banging job in characterization. Like they are very great to the roles. Yeah, they're great. And also they have a lot of chemistry together because they had definitely worked together. Um, It's like the voices of, of Starfire and Raven from Teen Titans. Uh, But yeah, um, it, it's just, it is just like a a fun show. And I actually, I watched the, the first episode of it, not the pilot, the actual first episode. And the first short was like proper, proper legit. Um, Actually the first two were, um, this is what I mean when it's like it's got a bit more substance um, than it first seems to. So the first one was it about Stan culture. So it's like there's this fan that's like obsessed with them and really, really, but like more intense than you'd expect the um, 
the kid's show to go. Like, so it's this, it's basically like the plot is the, like, this little girl gets allowed on the van that the two are in because she won a competition or whatever. And she's like, I'm your biggest fan. And then like her eyes do like hypno swirl thing to show that she's like insane. And they're like, okay, cool. That that was confusing to me because I literally thought that the episode was heading a direction of like Kaz hypnotized this little girl. It's the early 2000s and literally every TV show is obsessed with subliminal messaging and saying like the music industry is trying to brainwash kids. Yeah, Yvonne Niage and all that. But then she like just like relays like lots of like incredibly personal information to them, like that she knows, like where where they've got birthmarks on their bodies and stuff. And it's like very, very intense. And I just feel like you could put that on like Twitter now, like as an out of context clip and be like K-pop stands, be like that kind of thing. The episode gets like really weird. Like there's a bit where like, they go for like a mud bath to calm themselves down because this fan keeps full on stalking them. Right. And they're like, oh, this is so relaxing, especially with the foot massage. And Yumi's like, we didn't pay for a foot massage. And then just emerges from the mud, this small child like holding their feet and looking like really sinister. I was like, what the hell? That's so messed up. Uh, Episode ends kind of weird though, because they get rid of her and then decide they want her back. Well, it's, it's not that they get rid of her either. It's that she comes back to their uh, tour van and Kaz is in the shower singing one of their songs. And she's like, oh, now now this is what I want. And it's like such a weird moment of like, this doesn't really... Like, it would have maybe made a little bit more sense if at the end of the episode they were like, here's newer, younger pop stars that are going to like replace you to... Yeah. And then that would sort of be like a statement on like, well, you hate having rabid fans, but you also hate when your rabid fans leave you for somebody younger. Instead, she goes after their old bald man manager, Kaz. Okay. I really really don't think I like the character Kaz. I think think he's the... Yeah, he he's sucks. He's the bad part. Yeah. He's terrible. He, he as a person, just morally is not good. He's, he's a landlord. He's obsessed with money. He just like sort of sucks, and you sort of just wonder why they keep him around. It's not even that he's like antagonistic towards them. He like does shitty things to them all the time, but they're still like best buds with him. But I didn't see... I watched like probably 12 or 15 segments of the show, and I didn't see an episode where they were like, maybe we should fire this motherfucker. <laughs> like I ge- yeah i genuinely don't um i don't really know why he's in the show to be honest i mean i guess to be like an antagonistic force but that only happens yeah. like once or twice with the like landlord thing and i feel like you could just do that with a character just for that episode he's kind of a weird inclusion yeah and, and he also wasn't in the pilot like he it, in the pilot it was yeah. just the two of them and then i guess that they introduced him just because he has a very defined character like he just loves money he is antagonistic yeah. to them in that way of like he's the reason most of the time that they need to get money and he's like a, an old bald goofball they can make fun of. Yeah. Um, it is a weird character though. I love the colors. The, the use of colors really good. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's nice to just see something that like literally just pops off the screen. Like the hair alone is just like so vibrant. Yeah, for sure. It's a really fun looking show. And I think that the pilot had a lot more visual flair than the rest of the show did. Like the pilot had like weird little moments where they would suddenly just like start speaking Japanese or like aspect ratio changes and things like that. And it, it didn't look more expensive necessarily, but more that they were able to do a lot more fun, like visual flair things with it. And that the show yeah. itself had like a more established um, visual style that they kind of had to stick with. Yeah. 
Uh, I I assume that was just made for like easy animation and, and distribution and stuff, and like you know, it's it, it's it's easier to sell like toys if they always look consistent and things. Although I don't assume that day uh, did much in toys because I know it got cancelled. There was a lot of merch for this show, though. I mean, there was a Game Boy Advance game. There was a Cartoon Network Flash game. Uh, they had like a a Macy's Day parade float. Like, really? I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was definitely toys for for Puffy Ami and the band at least. That has shocked me, especially the parade float. I didn't know about. I think I didn't know about the the Flash game. And mm-hmm. um, when you said the Game Boy game, I was like, oh yeah, that was totally a thing. I don't know if it came out over here, but I remember like when I've been looking through like game boy game collections and stuff like people have had it yeah it looked really fun like i was watching like like a long play of it and i was like i i kind of want to play this now like this looks like fun actually yeah i might look into that because like if nothing else like the 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 vibrant colors and like fun designs of the characters lend themselves to being characters in a platformer yeah and it's, it's fun to see like their their songs translated to shitty little chip tunes that do a loop yeah, on a 10 second that, loop fun. you know um there's a there's a there's a games coming out actually that reminds us of um puffy amiyumi a little bit um oh, what's it called it's like uh they're like musicians and they go around beating people up and they're like pop punk stars and the evil edm empire has taken over the world and they need to like use the power of rock and roll to push them back uh i'll see if i can find it um yeah it reminded me a lot of streets of rage 4 which has a character that literally when my friend started playing this game, he was like, hey, you should also play this game. And I've been playing as this character who I'm going to stop playing as now because you're definitely going to be want to be her if we ever play together. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So that game is called No Straight Roads. I recommend you look into it. It really looks like it could be your vibe. Yeah. I mean, Puffy on Yumi was really fun. I would definitely recommend the show to people. There are quite a few episodes on YouTube if you take a little deep dive for it. And it was just fun, like, looking into all the extra weird stuff, like, watching, like, all of the Cartoon Network bumpers is a really nice, like, little burst of nostalgia. The Flash game looked, like, just terrible and just reminded me of how bad all those fucking games were, like, Ed Ed ooh, Nettie's ooh, Downhill. Except, except one of the Ed Ed Nettie games was amazing, and I put so many hours into it. Which one was it that? Was, uh, it was... The one where you had to build a rude Goldberg machine to get the jawbreaker to them. Do you remember that one? Oh, it might have been a UK exclusive. No, I don't know. I only played the one where you're like doing downhill go-karting. I mean, the thing is that they were all amazing and we played hours yeah, of each yeah. of them. Like I played the Courage the Cowardly Dog one and the Codename Kids Next Door one. Like I was all about it back in the day and they were free video games, which is great for a little fucking poor kid that can't afford new games. <laughs> yeah. They probably weren't very high quality, for sure. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. And they not. were probably like 30 minutes tops. Yeah, that Nettie one was legit, though. The Teen Titans one was good as fuck. That one was really fun. Was that the side scrolling beat up No, no. It was more of like like a one-on-one kind of thing. Okay, you've made us like really nostalgic now for like like mid-2000s, like crappy uh, Cartoon Network Flash games. I wish like... There's probably somewhere on the internet they're all still archived. I might have to look into them. I remember I used to really like the Toonami football one. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I don't have anything else to say about Hi Puffy Ami Yumi, honestly. Daniel, thank you for joining me on this episode today. Always a pleasure. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, at Glasses TV on Twitter, at Glasses TV on YouTube. Those are my two places. Uh, have a look for us out there. Great. And I'm on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. 
And I'm here if you need to talk. You've seen Ami and Yumi on Cartoon Network. Now see Japan's biggest rock stars live on a stage near you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.